praise the Lord. I want to talk about hope uh, tonight, and I want to uh, start in uh, Romans 8, verse 24, if we could turn there, please. And uh, when we think about hope, um, generally there's a need or there's a want. We start off with, uh, we might need something, we might want something, and there comes this hope that we're going to get it. It comes about hope. There would have been some hope today that you might win a certain soccer match. There's an anticipation. There's this excitement or there's this joy. Hope brings about this anticipation of pleasure. That when I get what it is that I need, when I get what it is that I want, that all of a sudden it's going to put me in a better place. It's going to make me better somehow. It's going to bring me some sort of pleasure. It's going to bring me a peace or a calm. It's going to bring me a happiness. And uh, it's going to bring about a fulfilment uh, in my life. And so with this hope that we have in certain things in life comes this anticipation and comes uh, this expectation of pleasure or of joy or fulfilment. In Romans 8 verse 24, we read, For we are saved by hope. Hang on a minute. I thought we're saved, we get spirit-filled. We get baptised. We receive the Holy Spirit, we speak in tongues. Well, that's right, that's the beginning. The beginning of our walk in the Lord, the beginning of our relationship with God is burying our old way of life repenting and turning from a life that was without God and now walking with God, receiving his Holy Spirit and all of a sudden having a relationship with God and our hope changes and our hope goes from what we knew, our hope goes from our education, our hope goes from our upbringing, from what we were taught and our hope goes towards God. And it goes towards Jesus and what he can do in our life and what his word says. And as it says here, we are saved by hope. It says, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And then, of course, it goes on to say, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, our frailty, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we become born again, when we start to be led of the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, our hope is in something that we know, that we have confidence in. And it's not a hope that's a maybe, it's a hope that's an anchor for our soul. It's a hope that we know that we're assured in, that Jesus laid down his life. And because he laid down his life for us, he loves us. And we are confident in that. It's not in something that's frail, it's not in something that's fragile, it's in something that we have great confidence in. And so we hope 
we are delivered, we are saved. And not just saved from this world and saved for eternal life, we're saved from ourselves. We're saved from our natural mind. We're saved from the situation at work, the situation at school, the situation at home, the situation where we find ourselves needing to be delivered sometimes from our own thoughts. And our hope goes from our natural understanding and as we trust in the Lord and we don't lean to our own understanding, we put our hope in a God that can do the impossible. We put our hope in someone in the hands of God who can do miraculous things. And that's a sure place. That's a good place. There's no better place to put our life and to put our hope and to put our trust in God that can do the impossible. When this world, when the doctors of this world can't do anything, where's your hope? All of a sudden the foundation that you're standing on falls away. What are you going to do? When nobody has an answer, praise the Lord, we have hope in our God. And all the people said, we have hope in our God. Because this world can't give the answers. We read, we've heard a lot about the Good Samaritan. We've heard about the last days. We're living in a time where the scriptures say men's heart are failing them for fear. No hope. I can't see a way out. How's this going to work? I can't see how this is going to work. The stress, the burden of everything upon people. And praise the Lord, we have a hope and we have a God that can change things. He will deliver us. He'll rescue us. He'll heal us. He'll make us whole. He'll provide for us. Amazing provisions that you see in our fellowship where we look around and go, Wow, how can that happen? Well, we know God can do it. God can do amazing things. I had uh, a brother recently say an amazing thing after he received the Holy Spirit, and this is um, David that I'm talking about in Wyala. He said, I don't have any more money, but I'm richer than a millionaire. And what he had inside was incredible. He received the Holy Spirit. He was a man days before that had no hope, a man days before that was in hospital, that the world had done exactly like that, uh, beaten him up, left him on that road and uh, and praised the Lord. He came into contact with God and he's a new man and all of a sudden his life has changed. There's, um, there's a saying uh, in the world that says, show me your friends and I'll show me your future and who we, uh, what we make our environment and who we hang around has an effect on us. And uh, the Bible and the Word of God calls us to come together at times like this so that we can be iron sharpening iron and so that we can be like-minded and we can be that. You know, when we think about people in the Bible, people like Elisha, he made Elijah, he said, I'm going to, wherever you go, I'm going to be with you, Ruth and Naomi. We can find people in the Bible that said, I'm going to stay with you. Why did they stay with them? Why did they follow them? There was hope. They saw something in them. They saw, they saw a relationship with God. They saw something they wanted. There was an anticipation. There was an energy. There was an excitement that if I'm with you and I stay with you, God can be in my life and miracles will happen. Amazing things. The impossible will happen. We'll get the victory 
if I stay with you? You know, Jonathan and David, and then we see the disciples and Jesus. Why did they leave everything? They left everything to follow Christ because their hope was in him. They could see what was happening, the miracles, the Son of God who could do the impossible, who brought the words of compassion that we heard about just last night. He brought, you know, the gospel, the good news to them to set them free. So their hope was in him and they followed him and uh, and they went on. In uh, Another thing they say in the world is hope is not a plan. I work in the company up there and they'll quite often say when there's been breakdowns and when there's been lots of things happening, so what are you going to do about all that? And uh, a shift leader or something like that might say, mm, we're just hoping today that it goes well. And they'll shake their heads and go, hope's not a plan. You know, we know in the Lord, hope is a good plan. Leaving it in God's hands is a good plan. It's the safest plan we can have is to leave it to God. So for us, a hope is a plan when it's with God and when it's in God's hands. Sometimes the best thing we can do is go, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to hand it over to God. I'm going to put it in his hands and I know that he'll do something good with it and praise the Lord, he does. You know, when we trust in him with all our heart and we lean not to our own understanding and in all our ways we acknowledge him, he directs our path. That's a good thing. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, he blesses us with the desires of our heart. Where are we going to get that in the world? We're not. The world won't give us that. The satisfaction we get in the Lord, the fulfilment we get in the Lord. People crave it in careers. People look for, you know, I'll, I'll do this and I'll get this career and this will get me and this will get me happiness. It doesn't happen. And people get disheartened. People get disheartened with the world, with the government, with the systems. The systems are starting to break down. They're starting to be overloaded. And we see that more and more uh, in the day we're in. Don't turn there, but Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. We see that. We start to see that in the world, that people are becoming to this, are coming to this place where they're so disheartened with what's happening in the world. Where are the answers? Where is my hope? I can't rely on the medical system. I can't rely on the government system. I can't rely on this. And so, as the scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And as we put our hope in Christ and in God, the desire comes and the Lord blesses us you know, with the desires of our heart and with uh, an amazing life. Let's just turn to um, uh, Romans chapter 10, if we could, please. Uh, verse 24, uh, verse 14. Romans 10, verse 14. So, you know, we're taken care of in the Lord. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in Christ. And we see the blessings in our life and in our fellowship. But what about the others? What about those on the road there? It says here in verse 
14. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You and I have the hope in us that they are looking for. We have the answers. The answers that they can't find in the world. The uh, fulfilment that they can't find in the careers, in whatever it is they're searching for. The hole inside that can't be filled by anything else but the Holy Ghost. We have that. We are their hope. But we have to talk. We have to let them know. And we heard, you know, I've got two other scriptures which that clock's going to turn red before I get to them and I have to be good. Um, 1 Peter chapter 3 talks about be ready always to give an answer of the hope that lies within you. And 2 Timothy 4 talks about preaching, being in season, out of season. And so here we are, we've got to wait for the answer, but Timothy says we've got to do it all the time, whether it's welcome, whether it's not welcome, whether it's in season, whether it's not. But yet in Peter it says, wait until they ask. And we heard, you know, Brad mentioning just last night about someone asking about why is he so happy. And the best thing is we leave it to the Lord. You know, it talks about the servant of the Lord not striving. And as we're ready, as we're ready to give an answer, as we're ready to preach the gospel, the Lord will make it clear to us just at the right time just who to talk to, but we need to always be ready because we are. Without us, what hope do they have? Who's going to give them the answers? Who's going to bring them to the Lord to meet the Lord so their life can be changed? Just in, in closing, because the clock's gone red, um, just back to David who has just recently received the Holy Spirit and has been incredibly changed. He said he was a man who was at the end of his tether and now he believes he's the happiest man on the earth. That's happened by the Holy Ghost. Nothing other than him receiving the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And he says, I get goosebumps now on the inside of my hand, on the inside of my arms. He says, I don't normally talk like this. I find myself talking in a different way. And as the Holy Spirit is just changing this man from the inside, it's such an absolute blessing and honour to see God working his miracles, doing the things that the hospital couldn't do, doing the things that the government couldn't do, doing the things that the psychiatrists couldn't do. I see God in action in this man's life just absolutely blessing him. And he says in his words, he's the richest and happiest man on the earth. And that's thanks to God. Amen. Leave it there.